Well, hello, everybody. Everybody still smiling and happy tonight? Wow, I'm not sure after that. It says everybody still smiling and happy tonight. There we go. All right, good. Good. Tell your neighbor one reason why you're happy. Just tell them real quick. Tell them why you're happy. Give them a reason. Dave's got a good reason. You should have all sorts of stuff to say tonight. Yeah, let, let, Dave, let Dave Hewitt talk to you after service tonight. He's got something to brag about, something every guy wants to say. Shall I tell him what you did? Dave killed a monster buck yesterday. He did, so let, let him brag after church about that, so all, all the hunters are happy. Anyways, uh, it's good to have you tonight. Uh, Luke chapter 9, but let's pray. How about everybody stand up on your feet? We're, we'll go to Luke in just a second. Let's pray. Let's everybody stand up. Grab your word and stand up with you. Lord, we thank you. For an opportunity to come to your house tonight and worship and fellowship and encouragement. Uh, but as we get into the word tonight, I pray that, that our hearts are, are open, pliable, ready to receive, to hear what the Holy Spirit has to say, Lord. So I pray, Lord, that, that my words are in line with what the Spirit has to say and, and that we uh, take more steps in our journey together tonight. And, and we praise you tonight and we worship you. In the name of Jesus, we all say amen. Luke chapter 9, if you've got your Bible. But we are on a journey, isn't that correct? And we're, we're on the journey together. Uh, Jesus has taken us somewhere. How many believe that? How many, how many know that God is taking you somewhere? Well, why? Why is he taking you somewhere? What's the purpose? Well, the, the glory of God is, is man that is fully alive that he desires to make right his creation of which we are the crown of it, right? He desires to make it right, and, and he's fixing us. What's he fixing us of? Well, well sin. Well, what's the big problem? Sin. We know sin is the big deal, right? So, so he comes, he, he, he dies on the cross, he raises from the dead, forgiveness of sin. So he forgives us of our sin, but why are we on a journey? Because he doesn't want us to stay in the sin that he's forgiving us of. So he's taken us somewhere to, to make us fully alive, that we're no longer entrapped and, 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 and held down by the sin that he has forgiven us of and has taken us out of. So it is for his glory that that's happening. It's for, for us that, that we are no longer entrapped in the sin that well, it leads to death, the wages of sin is death. But there is kind of a secondary thing that goes hand in hand with that, and that is also that the world is still lost in sin as a majority, and he's taken us somewhere in order that our witness is true. Because we're not, I understand, how many of you are in great expectancy of the return of Jesus? Okay, sure we are. And there's a lot of belief that, you know, this could be the last times, when, sure. But let's not be in so fast of a rush out of here that we quit caring about the people around us that need to hear about Jesus. One of the problems that, of letting eschatology drive your train is the fact you get so hyped about getting out of here, you stop caring about the things that are around you. Don't ever become that way. Let, let it, in fact, intensify your desire for those around you that need to know Jesus. But your witness needs to be true in the midst of all that. You can have a desire to have a good witness, but if your witness isn't true, then, then it doesn't do much good. So Jesus is taken us somewhere. Luke chapter 9, I want to talk to the message. I don't title my messages generally, but I did tonight. It's, it's entitled White Hat, Black Hat. Good guys and bad guys. Um, 
How many of y'all are fans of, of Western movies? Anybody? You like Westerns? Yeah, I like Westerns. Um, I grew up in, in the 70s, um, and of course, the, the big star of the late 60s and early 70s in the Westerns is who? Clint Eastwood. How many of you know Clint Eastwood movies? Yeah, okay. Good guys and bad guys. Um, can I show you a movie clip from a Clint Eastwood movie? Would you all be up for that real quick? Okay, we, we got a clip from a movie. How many remember the movie uh, Fistful of Dollars? Anybody remember that movie? This, this is one of my all-time favorite movie clips right here. Okay, go ahead and show that. Saludos, amigo. It's not smart to go wandering so far from home. <laughs> I reckon he picked the wrong trail. Or he could have picked it wrong town. His big mistake, I think, was getting born. You want any work? Looking like that. You could try being a scarecrow. Oh, no, the crows are liable to scare him, maybe. Coffins ready. We don't like to see bad boys like you in town. Go get your mule. <laughs> you let him get away from you? <laughs> yeah, see, that's what I want to talk to you about. He's feeling real bad. Huh? My mule. You see, he got all riled up when you went and fired those shots at his feet. <laughs> hey, you making some kind of joke? Mm, no. You see, I understand you men were just playing around, but the mule, he... Just doesn't get it. Of course, if you were to all apologize. <laughs> I don't think it's nice you laughing. You see, my mule don't like people laughing. It's the crazy idea you're laughing at him. Now, if you apologize like I know you're going to, I might convince him that you really didn't mean it. We stopped it right at the good part, didn't we? Clint Eastwood, yeah, he takes care of business. We stopped it right. How many think we stopped it right at the best part? Anybody? Yeah. Who, who's the good guy in the clip? Clint Eastwood. Who's the bad guys? Well, the guys that shot the, the bullets at the mule's feet and made the mules run. And, of course, Clint Eastwood, he's just a cool customer, is he not? You know, he comes back, get three coffins ready. 
Now, you notice, how many, I remember the clip, there's four guys there, and we know that he takes them all, and on the way back, you, got, you remember what he said? He said, sorry, I meant four. That's what he said to the coffin maker, right? So we got good guys and bad guys, and, and we have a tendency in the world to break people up as good guys and bad guys. Am I right? What do you always, when you break them up, are you a good guy or are you a bad guy? You're always a good guy or not. You never put yourself in the bad guy category. When you break up the world between good guys and bad guys, I'm always the good guy. I'm in the, white, in the, in the older westerns. The good guy wore the white hat. The bad guy wore the black hat. And the bad guys in the westerns, just like these guys, they're always wanted what? Dead or alive. It, it don't matter how they came. You, you could arrest them, some of the more tamer movies. But, but more often than not, the bad guys came back in the coffins, right? And if you, if you watch this movie more, Clint Eastwood killed a lot more than four people in that movie, I guarantee you that. But, but it didn't matter why. He was a good guy. Because when you break up the world between good guys and bad guys, the bad guys always need to get what's coming to them. It doesn't matter really what happens to them because, well, they're bad guys. That's what we do. So we think of terms that way. I'm a good guy. Everybody else is a bad guy. And, and certainly because they're bad guys, well, they deserve what's coming to them. They deserve it. Well, they're bad guys. Well, who decided they're bad guys? Well, I did. You know why? Because I'm right. What I believe is right. My convictions are, well, they're the highest level of convictions. My conscience is the highest level. And certainly my political opinions, yes, oh, I'm right. My thoughts about oh, nationalism, that's one way we start to divide people up between good guys and bad guys, Americans. and Good guys and bad guys, we're always dividing people up. And we have a tendency not to really care about the bad guys so much because, well, they get what they deserve, like Clint Eastwood. Don't make fun of his mule because he'll kill you, I guess. But he's allowed to kill you because he's a good guy. And you're a bad guy. You deserved it. Right? Well, Luke chapter 9. Let's talk about good guys and bad guys, white hats and black hats for a little bit. But there's a story in the Bible that actually talks about this. Let's go there. Luke chapter 9 and verse number 51. And it came to pass, when the time was come that they should be received up, he stayed. When he should be received up, he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. Of course, we're talking about Jesus. And he sent messengers before his face, and they went and entered into a village of the Samaritans. Now, take some time to, I guess in the next week or so, jump online and study some uh, Reasons why the Jewish, Jews and the Samaritans, the Israelites and Samaritans, did not get along. It's a little bit of a list. It goes all the way back to the divided kingdom and, and, and worship centers. You had Jerusalem and the temple, and the Samaritans had their own temple going on. They both believed they're descendants of Abraham, but their worship centers got split, and then their kingdoms were split, all this different stuff. But these people did not like each other. Jews did not associate with Samaritans just didn't happen. So to a village of the Samaritans and to make ready for him. 
Now watch this, verse 53. And they did not receive him because his face as though he would go to Jerusalem. And when his disciples James and John, James and John, what, what were they nicknamed? James and John. Sons of Thunder. I've always thought that that wasn't necessarily... I, I, think, I think even with scriptures like this, that that's possibly kind of a tongue-in-cheek reference to these guys. That maybe they had some anger issues. Sons of Thunder. And when his disciples James and John saw this, they said, Lord... Wilt thou, we command fire to gump down from heaven and consume them, even as Elias did, Elijah. James and John, they're traveling with Jesus, and, and mainly Jews did not travel through Samaria. They actually went around, but for some reason, they're heading right through. They, they come to a Samaritan town. They want lodging, and they're turned away. You guys are Jews, you're probably heading to Jerusalem, you can't lodge here. James and John immediately make a categorization. What, what, what categorize, uh, categorization did they make? We're the good guys, you're the bad guys, we're wearing white hats, you got black hats, so hey, you're, you're bad guys, hey, let's just call down fire from heaven, and let's just wipe this place out. Who do they think they are? I mean, I mean by the way, Elijah did this stuff. Why not us? Good guys and bad guys. We do this. We see the world this way. Now, now, now know that uh, James and John, in all the ways that they thought, they believed that they were right. If we sat James and John down and said, why don't you like the Samaritans? They could probably give you a big bullet point list of why they don't like the Samaritans, why they, these people are the bad guys, why they deserve what they're going to get and all this different. They would probably give you a good list and probably could convince you that they are the bad guys. Well, well their worship center is wrong. They're not worshiping God correctly. Our religion is correct. Theirs is wrong. They're of the wrong nationality because we are the people of God and they no longer are. They separated from us. That's just two big ones, but there's a big list. And they deserve whatever because, well, let's call down fire from heaven. Here's the amazing thing about this. They're talking to Jesus here. And they thought Jesus would go along with this. We're good guys and they're bad guys, so let's just wipe them out because, well, we, we just decide that's the way it is. But the amazing thing is if you go back to Luke Chapter 9, verse 5, earlier in this chapter, Jesus sends people out town to town. And he gives instructions on what to do when you are rejected, just like they're being right now. And does anybody remember what Jesus said to do when you're rejected by a town? What did he say? Shake the dust off your feet and go to the next place. I mean, he already told them what, what should happen. Shake the dust off your feet and go. <laughs> James and John are leaping from shaking the dust off your feet and go to calling down fire from heaven to destroy the town. They've also forgot Jesus even taught about this stuff. They, they, James and John would consider the Samaritans their enemies. Jesus already taught this stuff. You've heard it said, 
what? You've heard it said. He's going back to, to Scripture. You've heard it said. Hate the enemy, right? Love those who love you, but, but hate those who hate you, Chuck. Right? But I tell you, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. And, and you can go all the way down through that narrative. And he ends that narrative. Listen. So be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. This is something we talked about last time I spoke. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. We, we cherry-picked that verse and used it on its own, but what Jesus was talking about, if you want to be perfect like Father, then you must love your enemies. If you want to be like God, you must love your enemies. They are entirely skipping over what Jesus taught about loving your enemies, and even when you're rejected to shake the dust off your feet and go to a different place to call down fire from heaven because in their mind they categorize themselves as good guys and bad guys. And because they categorize them as bad guys, they believe that they deserve what they're going to get, so let's forget what Jesus said for us to do and do it this way. And they thought they were right. The sinful nature of man is, is really about self-promotion and self-preservation. Is it not? And in our need for self-promotion and self-preservation, we come up with good guys and bad guys. Because anybody that has different interests than me or anybody that may have interests that's against my self-promotion and my self-preservation is automatically a bad guy. In order for me to self-preserve and self-promote, then I have to do something to get the bad guy to deserve what they deserve. You see? And we as Christians often do what James and John are doing. We try to circumvent what Jesus tells us to do in order to do what we'd like to see happen. You see? And we break up the world this way. We do it all the time. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Hey, see, Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. Ask what the greatest command was, Right? Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. As God is taking us somewhere and we are learning to live in our love relationship with God, what he's really trying to get us to do is then learn how to love our neighbor properly. But here's the thing. You don't get to choose who your neighbor is. We'd like to do that. Be honest, be honest with yourself. You'd like to do that. But you don't get to choose who your neighbor is. You don't get to choose what religion they are. You don't get to choose what skin color they are. You don't get to choose what social class they are. You don't get to choose what nationality they are. Because your neighbor is literally the person that lives next to you, but it's also anybody that just lives in this world. Amen. That's your neighbor. Remember Jesus was saying that, and he was asked about that, and, and uh, he said, uh, he, somebody asked him uh, what the greatest commands were, and he said, how do you read it? And, and, and the teacher of the law said, well, love God with everything and, and love your neighbor's self, right? And Jesus said, and you were correct, but then, then the guy wanted to justify himself. He said, well, who's my neighbor? And what story did Jesus tell? 
parable of the Good Samaritan. Oh, we're back to the Samaritans. The guy gets beat up by the robbers, left by the road, and, and, and some of the top-end religious leaders in the, in the Israelite community walk past the guy and wanted nothing to do with it. But here comes a lowly Samaritan, a bad guy, wearing a black hat, stops and takes care of him. And Jesus says, the guy that you categorize as the bad guy is acting more like God than you are. The, the guy that's worshiping wrong, has the wrong worship center, has, has removed himself from the Israelite community, is no longer the child of God, is acting more like God than you are. He understands what it means to love your neighbor as yourself. He gets it more than you. You see? Good guys and bad guys, yeah. First Peter chapter number 3. Why am, I, why am I thinking about this? I'll tell you why I'm thinking about this, and then we'll go to 1 Peter. I'm thinking about this because we, especially in American society, we live in a very angry and loud and mean world. We, we do. And the tensions in our nation are so multi-leveled and diverse, it, 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 you can't hardly keep track of it. It's so ridiculous. In this angry and loud and mean world does not exclude the Christians who participate in it. You see? If you want to have a witness that is bringing glory to God, you cannot engage the world in the same way the world engages itself. Amen. See, Jesus is taking you somewhere. He has forgiven you of your sin, but he doesn't want you to stay in your sin any longer. And one of the things that he's dealing with is your self-preservation, your self-promotion in such a way that you're making other people bad guys. Yep. See? I, I want to encourage you to take your hat off. Take, take your white hat off. And when you see other people take their hats off too in your mind. And I'm not saying that because we're trying to, to blur lines of sin, no. I'm, I'm not saying that, that, that we're, we're trying to be all-inclusive, no. I'm not saying that you can't have opinions, no. I'm, I'm not saying that, that uh, uh, you, you can't even have political opinions or anything like that. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, in these things, you still must engage the world with the character of the Christian witness. Right? Engaging an angry, loud, and mean world. And, and certainly, uh, you just have to pay attention to the last year in our political season. If you hadn't noticed it before, I'm sure you did. Be because the engagement of society and, and how we're, and, and how we're uh, the problems that we're having is, is, is much beyond just religious differences. It's all sorts of stuff. 
social media. Oh my goodness. It's angry. It's mean. It's loud. It's in your faith. It's getting response. Our response as Christians to be Christ-like, no matter what. See, the monumental task of the church is to be a prophetic voice of hope to a lost world. The monumental task of the church is to be a prophetic voice of hope to a lost world. But you cannot be a prophetic, prophetic voice of hope to a lost world when you are loud and angry and mean and everybody's a bad guy who deserves what they're going to get. You see? It doesn't matter what we're talking about. It could be a religious difference, Christian and Muslim. It could be a, a, an issue of, of, of something that really bothers you about sin. Pro-life versus pro-choice. It could be political differences, Republican, Democrat, or if you stand out independent, in which case you think they're both crazy, all right? It don't matter. Whatever nationalism, our neighbors to the north or specifically in a political season, our neighbors to the south, which is bring up a lot of things. We're painting people as bad guys. And when we paint them as bad guys, we hope they get what they deserve in our mind. And when you paint somebody as a bad guy, you have a tendency to step around, step through, step and move, love your neighbors yourself, and engage loud and angry and mean. We forget. Because, well, the bad guy, well, they should get what they, in your opinion, what they deserve. You see? 1 Peter chapter 3. Verse 14. But and if you suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you the reason of the hope that is in you. Prophetic voice of hope. You're always to be prepared to be a witness of the hope that you have. Amen. But Peter doesn't stop there. He finishes it with, that is in you with, in how you treat other people, meekness and fear. Gentleness and respect is another way to say that. Give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. 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 You have a hard time being gentle and respectful to somebody you think is a bad guy. 
who you really wouldn't care if the fire from heaven fell down upon them and burned them up. You see what I'm saying? Well, so we have to finish our story in Luke because then Jesus, he kind of puts an emphasis on something here. We'll come back to 1 Peter, but, but Luke chapter 9, let's go back there. And verse 54, and when disciples James and John saw this, they said to the Lord, Wilt thou we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, even as Elias did, or even as Elijah did? And you know what they did right there, by the way? They tried to use the scripture to back up something they wanted to do they probably figured was wrong. You can't do that. When Jesus already told you to love your enemies, and if they didn't accept you, shake the dust off your feet and go to the next ground, you can't go try to work around him with someplace else in Scripture to get what you want anyways. You can make the Bible say whatever you want. And of course, Jesus puts a stamp on it. But Jesus turned and rebuked them. What's a rebuke? That's a sharp way of saying that's not right. Then watch what he says, and if that didn't get him, this should. Ye know not manner of spirit ye are of. Now, we're charismatics, right? And when somebody says there's a wrong spirit in this room, what's that say to you? I mean, the, the spiritual warfare people come out of the woodwork like ninjas, man. we got to cast this thing down and bind it and get it out of here, you know what I'm saying? You don't know what spirits you are of. He basically said, that's the wrong spirit. What, Elijah did it? Well, you let God worry about Elijah. Right here, right now, what I'm saying is, and he goes on to say it, I have come to save people, not destroy them. When you classify somebody as a bad guy, white hat, black hat, and in some manner you seek to destroy them, Jesus rebukes you and says you don't know what spirit you're operating of. That's sharp. When you seek to destroy them for whatever good reason you have that they're your enemy, you can checkpoint and list it and make your arguments, but if you seek to destroy them, you're working to the spirit of the Antichrist. Because the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus comes to give it life and life to the full. You don't know what spirits you are of. I don't know. I, I, I don't want to get rebuked. <laughs> I mean, you, you talk, when, think about this. Charismatic. We, we know about this spirit stuff here. I don't want to be told by Jesus I'm operating in the wrong spirit. That, that's pretty heavy. So when, when we are prepared to give an answer for the reason of the hope that we have, that we do this with gentleness and respect, because that is the right spirit. You know why? That's the fruit of the spirit. Amen. That's the right spirit. You know, over the last three or four years in preparing messages, I'm always at the end game of my message coming back to the fruit of the Spirit. It's happening constantly. And I didn't really realize or think about it much until a little while ago. I, again, I had the fruit of the Spirit written on my notes, and I'm like, why am I talking about this again? 
And it clicked in my mind, because we live in an American society that is loud and angry and mean, and Christians are participating in it because they have identified a bad guy and they're pushing aside love your neighbor as yourself. That the fruit of the Spirit... Now, somebody, somebody would argue, well, you read that verse, and that's talking about for the reason that the hope that you have. So when you witness, you need to be doing it in gentleness and respect. But when you're talking politics and you're talking and whatever you want to throw out there, we can get mean because that's how they are. Well, the fruit of the Spirit covers all things. Amen. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such thing there is no law. And it goes on to say, those who live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit because he's taken us somewhere. We're forgiven, but he's got to get us out of this sinful stuff, the sinful nature. Living the way the world lives, engaging the way the world engages. So we've got to get somewhere. Keeping step with the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit that grew with you, if you look at them all, they have to do with other people. Love and joy, peace, patience, kindness. It's other people, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Other people. It's how we deal with other people. In all the categories that we engage people in society, we deal with other people. We've got to stop seeing good guys and bad guys. We have to start seeing people made in the image of God that are lost. And how we interact with them means a whole lot to the witness that we say that we have. Now, see, if Clint Eastwood in that movie would have been like Jesus, that would have been a terrible movie. It would have been awful. He'd have walked back to those guys, you scared my mule, so. And he'd have walked out of the town, the movie had been over. That would have been terrible. That would have been the worst movie ever. We only like it when the bad guy gets killed. But Jesus doesn't do that. As a matter of fact, Jesus allowed himself to be killed. Wasn't worried about repaying wrong for wrong. Because the Bible says, listen, God, God will be the one to bring righteous judgment. Right? right? For those he deems, he, not me, I'm not, you, you are not good at making good guys and bad guys. Let's just put it that way. God is. Amen. Let him do it. All right? And by the way, some, some, some people, they try to, they try to, again, like, like, like James and John, to try to go to Scripture. Well, what, what about this? Well, and one of the go-to ones is always Jesus in the temple with the whip. Well, Jesus used the whip. Why can't I? Why can't I go make a whip and drive people around and, and get a point across? Well, let's talk about that for one second. That's the go-to one. There's a couple. Let me, let me just let me put this, because bad use of the Bible is bad. Why did Jesus do that? Was Jesus doing it so you could have a go-to verse because you could be mean to people? Jesus was bringing prophetic judgment on the temple system that had gone corrupt. He was acting out a parable, as the Old Testament prophets would, because Jesus was in the office of prophet also. 
It was a living parable of judgment on the temple system that was fulfilled in 70 AD when the Romans knocked it down and there was no more temple system anyways. It was basically saying, this is done. We're going to get back to what this is about. It was prophetic judgment. It's not an excuse for you to be mean to people. Okay? It's just it's one. That's one. I mean, there's a couple different ones. But that's one. You can't go to the Bible to override when Jesus said, love your enemies. Can't do it. Can't do it. You can't go someplace else in the Bible. Well, David prayed that God would break the jaws of his enemies. Well, that's great. David, David prayed that. But Jesus said, love your enemies. He said, love your neighbors yourself. The test case of loving your neighbors yourself is whether or not you love those who disagree with you. You see? Yeah. Let's keep in step with the Spirit. Let's keep in step with the Spirit. I got to work on this whole love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. I, listen to me. I got to work on a lot. There are times I could be watching the news. I could be looking at Facebook, which is getting less and less every day, I promise you that. Where all of a sudden I find myself putting my white hat on. (laughs) And I got to stop myself. No, 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 no. You know, Facebook Christians, especially in this political season, calling people jerks, idiots, stupid. Using language that's demeaning to somebody. You're destroying somebody with your words. Jesus rebukes you and says you don't know what spirit you're of. James talks about James chapter 3. Out of your mouth comes praising God and yet you're cursing men too. And that's not talking about using curse words. That's talking about demeaning language to somebody. And James doesn't qualify whether it's somebody you disagree with or not. We do this stuff. Man, this person's a jerk because of some opinion they have. But in the same breath, you want to say, oh, well, by the way, Jesus loves you. Jerk. <laughs> it doesn't work. It, it, does not, it does not work. I saw two tweets today. I'm going to close with this. I'm a, I saw two tweets today. I like Twitter a little. I, I hate Facebook. I like Twitter. Two tweets that I'm going to read them to you. Don't make much more out of the second one than, than, what it, than the point I'm making. Two tweets today on social media that emphasize what I'm saying tonight. I was actually working on this message, pulled up Twitter for a minute, and both these were on my feed right, right by each other. Here's the first one. You can have boundaries and yet be kind. You can be firm and yet be kind. You can have opinions and yet be kind. It is a harsh world. Be kind, be kind, be kind. Amen. I'm on that boat. The second one is a good guy, bad guy thing. I think it's a quote of a song. I'm not even sure where this comes from. But it goes to an extreme end. But, but it, this is what it says. Let me see your Bible. Literally what it says. I got a King James in my hand and a gun to your head. 
You better go hide before you end up dead. Now you think, well, that's extreme, but I'll tell you something. People that believe that God is with them and they remove love your neighbor as yourself believe God endorses whatever they think that should happen to the bad guy. You see what I'm saying? King James in my hand, gun to your head. Well, what if there's a good reason why they got... We try to explain away a lot of stuff. Love, joy, maybe even have to do this. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Take the hats off, and when you engage the world, whether it's whatever level it is, Think with your spirit before you respond. And let the Holy Spirit guide you. And maybe some of you need to stop engaging for a while (laughs) until we take some more steps with the Spirit. (laughs) I know that's what I had to do. You see? Yeah, I understand what I'm getting at. Okay. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you tonight. Lord, to be challenged in our hearts, we want to be the witness that you have called us to be. The true witness, because, Lord, while we're waiting for your return, we want as many tares to be changed into wheat as much as possible. Much as possible. And I pray, Lord, that we don't give lip service to things like the fruit of the Spirit, and, but, but then excuse it away for some reason. But you are leading us, and you are guiding us, and you are changing us, and you're taking us somewhere. That we hear, well done, and good and, good and faithful servant, not I rebuke you because you're working in the wrong spirit. But that everything that we do We glorify you. And I thank you for the opportunity to do that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So think about something tonight. Think about the black hats that you see. So let me jab you for a minute. Can I jab you a couple more times? Black hat. Maybe the black hat you see is a Muslim or a homosexual. Maybe it's a a Democrat or a Republican or an Independent. (laughs) Maybe it's an illegal immigrant. Maybe it's your neighbor whose dog always goes to the bathroom in your yard and makes you mad. They're not bad guys. No. And you may not be as right as you think you are. There you go. That's good. Good message. Whatever the case may be, have your opinion, but love them. Yeah. And maybe if you engage with them, your opinions might change just a little bit. I learned some lessons like that when I actually talked to people instead of just accusing them. 
you know? So pray that God will reveal some of that stuff, root some of that stuff out of your heart so we can be that witness. Amen.